Hello again, wrestling fans, and good afternoon on your Thursday lunchtime. It is time to deep dive into the rich history of our great sport, this being This Week in History, presented by the Scumbags Wrestling. And we want to also thank our other sponsor, CoolBet. Reminding you today, stay cool and bet responsibly. We are on YouTube right now and Facebook. And of course, if you're listening to us audio-wise, whether you're driving or walking, you can always catch us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We are part of the Ontario Independent Podcasting Network and a part of the Johnners Podcasting Network in the UK. Now, this week we are going to look at the week of July 23rd to the 29th. And because it is the 29th and it is 12 noon, I want to remind you guys, if you're in the London area, or at southwestern Ontario, you can head here to London for the Victoria Park and check out Ribfest. It is back. We're going to talk a little bit more about it at the end of the show with uh, Chris, who will be here in London uh, working uh, that out. But we want to get people down here, enjoy the uh, weather, enjoy the great uh, festivities of Ribfest. Things are starting to open up, and we want you to feel welcome. Come here to London and have a great time. But we can't talk to Jonesy until we bring him in. So let's check out Jonesy. How are you, sir? I'm pretty damn fantastic. It's a beautiful day here on the 29th. Wink, wink. And um, ready to go. Excellent. Yes. Uh, yes. With your wink, wink. No, we no, no, don't no, tell him anymore. No, You're destroying are, the, whole, are, we, the whole we're thing. We're breaking down the fourth wall. Break down the no, fourth wall. We are no. recording early so that people can enjoy this and then go out and have ribs. Because that's where you're going to be right now, actually, physically, here in London during that. So we'll uh, deal with that, like I said, at the end of the show. But it has been a wonderful day here in London, Ontario. And I hope it's going to be just as wonderful when this airs and people can enjoy great food and great entertainment. Indeed. And before right. we start up, just a quick reminder about our store over at ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Scumbags Wrestling for t-shirts and you can uh, support Stevens Wrestling Journey and Kerry Merrill Formation Research at Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto by buying the Ontario Indie Comic Book Cover T-shirt, so got all. That was my things. favorite right there. Which one? Oh, right, sorry, right that there. That one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's gone now. It's gone now. All right, July twenty third, thirty seven years ago, MTV presented the brawl to end it all from Madison Square Garden. This was a one hour special on the MSG Network and MTV. It would do a nine point rating and be the most watched show and on and uh, MTV at the time. The feature belt on the special was the match between the long-reigning WWF Women's Champion, the fabulous Moolah, who would put her title on the line against Wendy Richter. Wendy Richter would defeat the fabulous Moolah to win the Women's WWF uh, Women's Championship, ending Moolah's 10,000 in a bet day reign. Crazy how long that was. And yeah, it's a long reign. Something that was not music at that time on MTV. Of course, nowadays... MTV is ready to have music on it and more non-music shows. So quite the change over the years. 
Yep. Not the same MTV I grew up with. Same with not my that I, Not that we got it here at the beginning in Canada, but hey, 32 years ago, the NWA presented the Great American Bash Glory Days from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, Sid Vicious and Daniel Spivey were co-winners of a two king of the ring, uh, sorry, two ring king of the hill battle royal, and that was worth twenty-five thousand kayfabe dollars. Manager of both winners, Teddy Long, wouldn't let uh, Vicious and Spivey fight for the money, so they split it. One of the participants was the pay-per-view debut of Scott Steiner. Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, uh, the Midnight Express, Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane, and Steve Williams, they all defeated the fabulous Freebirds, which was, of course, Garvin, Hayes, and Terry Gordy, and the Simone SWAT team, Samu and Fatu, in a War Games match when Hawk forced Gavin to, or sorry, Garvin to submit. Uh, and Ric Flair defeated Terry Funk to retain the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. I don't think I've ever actually seen this War Games. Well, no, if you want to call it War Games or whatever they call it, Great American Bash. But. Yeah, they were using War Games uh, during the Great American Bash. Hmm. I think it might be on the uh, DVD that WD put out with all the different uh, War Games matches, including there's a triple uh, cage one uh, from back in the day, too. So uh, right. that is available, and of course, on the WD Network or Peacock if you're in the States. 21 years ago, WWF presented Fully Loaded 2000 from Dallas, Texas. Perry Saturn defeated Eddie Guerrero to win the WWF European Championship. Val Venus defeated Rikishi in a steel cage match to retain the WWF IC belt. Triple H defeated Chris Jericho in a last, standing, uh, last man standing match. And The Rock defeated Chris Benoit to retain the WWF Championship. Benoit originally won the match and the title via DQ per a pre-match stipulation, but the belt was restarted by Commissioner Mick Foley, and of course, then The Rock got the win. Way to go, Mick. Yeah, way to go, Mick. 20 years ago on Raw is War from Buffalo, New York. Lance Storm defeated Albert to win the WWF IC belt. 15 years ago, WWE presented the Great American Bash 2008 from Indiana. The uh, the Undertaker defeated the Big Show in a Punjabi prison match. Uh, Ash, Ashley Massaro defeated Crystal Marshall, Jillian Hall, and Michelle McCool in a fatal four-way bra and panties match. And King Booker defeated Rey Mysterio to win the World Heavyweight Championship. All hail yeah. King Booker. Ron Panties matches just don't age so well in 2021 when you think of that. You know what? Scrap the Brown Panty matches. I'd rather see the the not as degrading, but still degrading mud match. Nine years ago, WWE presented the thousandth episode of Monday Night Raw from St. Louis, Missouri. Over 6 million viewers were watching on TV. The evening was full of surprises, including DX reuniting for the first time in eight years, and tons of surprise guests, including Ho, Jim Hacksaw Duggan, Rowdy Piper, Sid Vicious, Vader, Ron Simmons, Bob Backlund, Diamond Dallas Page, and The Rock, who would announce his challenge to whomever has the title, world title come Royal Rumble. You have a match with The Rock. 
The Undertaker and Kane would reunite, and just before AJ Lee was to be married to Daniel Bryan, AJ was named as the new GM of Raw. Poof, the marriage didn't happen. Poof, gone. The Miz defeated Christian to win the WWE IC belt. Lita defeated Heath Slater in an ODQ match. I heard Slater's penis got much smaller after that match. Though I guess it would be bigger during it. Uh, uh, John Zena defeated Sam Punk by DQ for the WWE Championship. Uh, Zena wouldn't win the title and became the first person to fail to win the title in his Money in the Bank cash-in match. After the match, Punk turned heel when he attacked The Rock just as he was doing the people's elbow on Big Show. Just a bad situation there. I don't agree with that. Punk should have stayed face, and they should not have been putting Rock in a championship position. But, of course, they had to get to Rock against Cena at WrestleMania and have the title on the line instead of it just being a rematch between the two and... And Punk never got his WrestleMania main event. You wonder why he blocked out. Though, yep. at that same WrestleMania, though, he did get The Undertaker in a fantastic match. And that almost meant more than being in a main event, especially when you got uh, given the Taker match. Yeah, and you know, uh, I, Punk, he, he put on a great match. Even his last match in the WWE, for, for a guy that... Maybe in his mind he was ready to walk out, but he went and did that rumble and was in there for a long time and took a lot of abuse. So um, even though CM Punk, not happy you walked out with your ball or whatever, or took your ball home or whatever the fuck you did with your balls, but um, hope you come back at some point. But if you don't, well, seven years that later, is too bad. Seven years later, people are still chanting for him and – Yes, like we said already, we broke down that fourth wall. Today, uh, there was reports that he is in talks with a company, a lot of people are saying AEW, to come back. So we'll talk about that along the way with news. Uh, it's probably already been talked about by the time this airs. Uh, but it could be just uh, more smoke and mirrors and his name being... Maybe you'll know back. more by Thursday night on um, Scumbags. Yes. It's a happy 34th birthday for Lucas Eastwell, a.k.a. Zach Zabel Jr. Uh, Eastwell started wrestling at 14 and became well-traveled, known for his technical skills in the ring and competed in UK promotions, including NWA UK Hammerlock, One Pro Wrestling, IPW UK version, Pro Wrestling Noah, and of course the list goes on. In March of 2016, Sabre defeated Adam Cole to win the Pro Wrestling Gorillas World Championship. He competed in the WWE Cruiserweight Classic Tournament, and he is currently signed with NJPW. Today would have been the 42nd birthday of Pedro Aguero Ramirez, a.k.a. Pereiro Aguero Jr. Man, my lips really like saying that. Pedro was born July 27th, 1979. His father was Lucha legend uh, Piro Agrotto. Uh, Pedro made his wrestling debut at age 15, uh, was the leader of the Rudo stable Perush del Mar, translation, Dogs of Ibel, in the mid-2000s. 
On March 20th, 2015, Air Guerrero uh, suffered a cervical stroke during a match with Manic against Rey Mysterio and Extreme Tiger. And he would die, unfortunately. Blamed on poor medical care, uh, Pereiro Aguero Jr. was posthumously inducted into the AAA Hall of Fame that summer. And blamed on the poor medical care, there was um, a lot to it that uh, if they would have been able to get him to the hospital in a timely manner, he probably would have lived, but they dropped the ball there and didn't have really a plan for two injuries. Cause I believe there was an injury at the match before or something that uh, kind of uh, threw their medical staff into a being so slow. Yeah. And I'd hate to be uh, the guys involved with that, especially Ray Mysterio. Uh, Cause he did the six one nine and he was already gone, I guess. Uh, being yep. on the rope and then came out, uh, bounced off. And yeah, just to think about that and have to still carry on your career and everything uh, all these years later, it's like, wow. Hey, Mysterio, that kick, you never know. If you did it harder, could have revived him, you know? You never know. Anyways, enough with that silliness. July 24th, 34 years ago, Texas. Sherry Martell, in her WWF debut, would defeat the fabulous Moolah for the WWF Women's Championship. Pretty good for her debut. Yeah. 25. Go ahead. As it says on this picture that I found uh, to post, she held it apparently for 441 days. Yeah, they needed someone else strong there, and they definitely got it in her. 25 years ago in Cincinnati, Ohio, the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott, defeated Harlem Heat, Booker T, and Stevie Ray to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. The Steiners would lose them just three days later in Atlanta back to Harlem Heat. Gotta love that mullet. Oh, yeah. Great mullet. Yeah. and So funny seeing that Scott Steiner compared to Big Papa Pump Steiner. Yeah, you totally night and day uh, the look between... Uh, his original look and his current look. And then to know that uh, Rick Steiner is uh, like on the school board uh, in his uh, place of residence and Scott Steiner, I'm not sure if it's still open, but at one point uh, recently owned a Shoney's restaurant. He sure did. And he tore the old, well, maybe it was that one. Anyways, during the renovations, he... Put a big-ass vehicle through uh, that establishment. Going to Toronto, Ontario, Canada, 22 years ago, Edge defeated Jeff Jarrett to win the WWF IC uh, belt. Ken Shamrock was the scheduled opponent, but because of Air Canada losing Shamrock's wrestling gear, Edge would take his place, and according to Edge, he didn't even anticipate a three-count going into the match. I don't know if you have more on that. Yeah, well, I believe that was an event that we did go to. We uh, decided to check out uh, the show from uh, the Hard Rock Cafe in uh, the Sky Dome. And so that, we were able to I would it. not, I don't believe I was with you for that. Yeah. I don't uh, remember being there for that. Yeah. Uh, I, I know we, sorry, I know okay. we've gone to the Hard Rock Cafe there together, but not to watch a wrestling event. Yeah, I think it was with my uh, family. I took them uh, to uh, Toronto for that, and we saw the uh, event from there. Not necessarily the best place to be watching a wrestling event, but it was still... Uh, Unique. 
unique experience. Exactly. Yeah. A unique experience. Because we've, see, we've seen uh, the one event in that restaurant that uh, was below the um, uh, the big damn screen there. I don't know if you told me, but that's all gone now. That uh, It's now just seat, seating. Oh, I did not know. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, just a unique experience. And then to have uh, Edge win the title that night, he dropped it the uh, next day, I think, uh, back to Jeff Jarrett at a pay-per-view. But, uh, yeah, it just uh, was exciting to see uh, that happen. And I remember also before he signed, I was in the uh, Skydome uh, lobby and uh, met up with uh, him and uh, Jay Christian. Uh, they were at the uh, phone booths, and uh, I was just like, hey, you guys just recently were in London uh, wrestling for uh, the Hurt uh, School at uh, the Western Fair. And he, they were like, yeah, yeah, and like the fact that I recognized them and just that weekend they had signed. So that was back in 96, uh, but to then mm -hmm. see the uh, Edge uh, end up winning the title that night, really cool. Yep, especially when it's a house show. It's a good thing to happen. Yep. 21 in fact you know what i could be totally wrong i'm not sure if if the ic belt before then changed hands other than in london ontario and canada that's something yeah. to look at 21 years ago on nitro from ohio wcw us holder holder lance storm would defeat uh, big Vito in a title for title match to win the wcw hardcore championship yeah and i think uh, we mentioned last uh, episode that this was when storm was doing his uh recollection collection, collection <laughs> of belts and renaming them and this picture has him with all three titles and i think the hardcore title was uh renamed the Stu Hart international title or something like that <laughs> aka shit oh <laughs> yikes 20 years ago, WWE presented the Great American Match 2001. This event was voted Stinker of the Year and last appearance of Muhammad Hassan as The Undertaker would tombstone him to storyline hell. The event was voted the worst major wrestling show of 2005. Some of the matches had the Legion of Doom, Heidenreich, and Road Warrior Animal defeat Eminem. Uh, which was, of course, Jory Mercury and Johnny Nitro, and they won, being the Road Warriors, won the WWE Tag Team Championship. I shouldn't say Road Warriors. They were the Legion of Doom and not the original. The Undertaker defeated Muhammad Hassan. Uh, Melina defeated Tori Wilson in a bra and panties match. Candice Michelle was the special guest referee. And JBL defeated Batista by DQ in a World Heavyweight Championship match. Yeah, like even it looks like Angle also twisted the shit out of Booker T's uh, leg. Yeah, and probably one of the matches I took out. <laughs> could be, and of course, yeah, with it being voted the worst major show of two thousand five, you have, of course, the Undertaker and Muhammad Hassan uh, having to be getting uh, taken out because of all the controversy with Hassan, and then you have Heidenreich. Ugh. Heidenreich is part of the LOD. God help us. Yeah. But thankfully, we got through that period. 
Fifteen years ago, Stephanie McMahon Levesque was pushing something out of her tummy as her husband, Paul uh, Levesque, would grab the child from Stephanie's oven and have their first child together, Aurora Rose. Yay for them. Oh, is that which one's Aurora? Do you know? Uh, she's the one in the middle with the uh, brown hair. Uh, later on, you're going to mention uh, one of their other children that uh, was born. And I believe she's the one that's sitting on uh, Stephanie's lap. Um, I was going to mention it later on when we uh, talk about her birth. But it is very difficult to find any pictures of this family. And I think that's uh, a great uh, great aspect of the family to uh, regards. They're, they're just for the special occasion. In this case, it was for a Hall of Fame. And that's where we, they were obviously sitting in the front row as the McMahon family. But they've been able to shelter their children away from the spotlight. And if they choose to uh, enter it, it'll be their choice. Shane's kind of did the same thing with his three boys. Except for he had them uh, come down to the ring with him for a WrestleMania match. And be at ringside for a WrestleMania match. But the family's done well to let the kids be kids as opposed to being yeah. And, and you know what? Good for Stephanie McMahon for letting her uh, child have what appears to be a giant uh, pixie stick with tons of sugar in it. Good for them. Oh, no, that's probably her dad's glow stick from D. Oh, dad's glow stick. Oh, okay. That makes sense then. <laughs> in a pre-show dark match, Tyson Dukes defeated... Oh, sorry, I didn't even introduce that one. Just a minute here. There we go. 12 years ago, Ring of Honor presented the first of two nights of Death Before Dishonor, uh, seven from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. In a pre-show dark match, Tyson Dukes defeated Rip Impact. Uh, the Briscoes, Jay Briscoe and Mark Briscoe defeated the Super Smash Brothers, Player Dos and Player Uno. Also known uh, as the Dark yes. Order over in AEW. Yes, I really like that player Uno guy. Uh, D'Lo Brown defeated Frankie the Mobster. Uh, Kenny Omega defeated Kenny King. Kevin Steen and Lance Storm defeated Chris Hero and Davey Richards. And in the main event, Austin Aries defeated Jerry Lynn, Nigel McGuinness, and Tyler Black in a four-corner survival match to retain their ROH World Championship. Now, the guy to talk on Tyson Dukes there, uh, Rip Impact, um, have we seen him before? Uh, yeah, he's uh, a journeyman and veteran of the Ontario scene. He's out of uh, Hamilton uh, with okay. uh, Courage Pro Wrestling, uh, uh, New School, uh, and a bunch of other mm -hmm. uh, ones that are in the uh, Golden Horseshoe area and yep. also uh, runs a school in the uh, Hamilton mm -hmm. area. Perhaps it was the Paris Fair we've seen him at. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Five years ago, uh, WWE presented ba bleh, Battleground from the Verizon Center in Washington. Sasha, Sasha Banks and Bailey defeated Charlotte and Dana Brooke by submission. This was Bailey's WWE main roster debut. Uh, the Miz and Darren Young went to a double DQ for the WWE IC uh, belt. And Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose defeated Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins in a triple threat match to retain the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. All the members of the Shield going against each other. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a happy 46th birthday for Tori Ann Wilson. In her teenage years, she would battle with anorexia and bulimia. She would adopt a fitness into her life and ultimately won the Miss Galaxy competition. She would attend a WCW show and with a nudge from Kevin Nash, she became a ballet and went up and end up marrying one heck of a lucky fellow in Billy Kidman in 2003. But Kidman's luck would run out and they were divorced in 2008. She would be picked up in the clear out of WCW. She would retire from wrestling due to a back injury in 2007 and released in 2008. Tori has also dated third baseman from the New York Yankees, number 13, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, it's always joked about uh, on uh, some of the Conrad uh, Thompson podcasts that Billy Kidman is one of the uh, luckiest men in all of wrestling, you know, being able to uh, be with uh, Tori Wilson. I also uh, throw in people like yeah, David uh, Flair and Andrew Martin for uh, uh, being with uh, Stacey Keeper. But yeah, lucky guys. Uh, and Tori Wilson uh, has returned to WWE a few times. Uh, and been in uh, the Women's Royal Rumble matches, and she also was inducted into the 2019, I believe, uh, WWE Hall of Fame, which was the last Hall of Fame that they were able to do with fans before everything, uh, or maybe it was 2018, should I say, 2018 Hall of Fame uh, that she got inducted into, uh, it was the last one that they did with fans, and uh, that uh, was also with Stacy Keepler doing her induction. Oh, nice. It's a happy 54th birthday for famed basketball player Carl Anthony Malone. Uh, the one-time wrestler known as the Mailman is best known for his 19 seasons in the NBA, 18 of them with the Utah Jazz a 14-time NBA All-Star and two-time NBA MVP. The list goes on, and his number 32 has been retired by the Jazz. Malone is also a two-time Olympic gold medalist as a member of both the 92 and 96 men's basketball teams. Malone would wrestle once for WCW at the 98 Bash of the Beach when he and Dallas da Dallas Diamond Page uh, were defeated by Hollywood Hogan and Dennis Rodman. Even though the bout sucked, that pay-per-view is the second highest buy rate in WCW history. Yeah, uh, I do have to give uh, Malone at least some uh, credit uh, for celebrities who show up and get involved with matches. He was actually one that impressed, and he came prepared and wasn't trying to be off, uh, live off his basketball uh, hype. Like, that got him there and being friends with DDP and stuff like that, and the rivalry that Rodman and him had on the court and somewhat off the court uh, was able to be played off well. But he came in and was actually serious about doing this as opposed to just showing up and uh, sort of living off his celebrity uh, sort of status. Uh, so definitely uh, kudos to Carl Malone for... Being legit. He definitely would have been a monster if he uh, chose wrestling over uh, basketball years and years ago. Well, as you can tell by the picture, he has quite the uh, wingspan to him for uh, his height mm -hmm. and everything. So, 
yeah, he would have been uh, quite the uh, superstar if his direction. Would he have been the, uh, according to Grilla Monsoon, would he be the irresistible force or the immovable object? Probably the force. Ah, the force. All right. Moving on to July 25th. 28 years ago, at a Monday Night Raw taping, Jim Cornette makes his WWF debut, as does the Heavenly Bodies in Tom Pritchard and Jimmy Del Rey, easily defeating Mike Busey and Bobby Who. Uh, Cornette would also be named the American spokesman for then-WWF champion Yokozuna. Yeah, um, he talked about this on a uh, uh, experience or drive through one of the two, uh, his podcast. And this picture that's up right now actually was before that match when he first, uh, I think they might have did this tapings on the same night. Uh, so that's why it's mm. mentioning about, uh, yeah, probably yeah. corner, but because at that time raw was only one hour and they were doing every other week type tapings, but, uh, he just made his way to the ring and, uh, Vince and Bobby were talking at the time. And that they were like, oh, what's going on here? And Bobby was like losing his mind going, oh, my God, it's him. It's him. And he got in the ring and just put over Jim Cornette so much. Uh, whether you were a fan of him beforehand or you're totally stranger, Bobby did an amazing job putting him over. Then they let uh, Cornette talk. And he, that's where he put out the fact that the uh, heavenly bodies are uh, one of the greatest tag teams in Smoky Mountain, and they know that the Steiners are there, but they are better than the Steiners and put out the challenge and instantly gave credibility to uh, Smoky Mountain. It gave credibility to himself and his team, and it started with Bobby just laying it all out there and introducing him, mm -hmm. which you don't really see debuts like that anymore. But uh, Cornette uh, did that. He said... He's been everywhere, managed uh, teams to championships, and the only thing he hadn't done in his career was show up in the WWF, and that was what he's about to do. Um, unfortunately, Corny is a little outspoken, maybe old school set in his ways for uh, some people to uh, really get a grip on, but he is definitely a great historian if you can get around some of his politically incorrectness and he is a great storyteller at least yeah he's definitely good for a drive i don't i can't listen to him for too long but he uh he is definitely uh knows his wrestling history yeah 22 years ago wwf presented fully loaded from buffalo new york jeff jarrett defeated edge to win the wwf ic belt and hey that's the first belt to change hands. Let's keep counting, shall we? The accolades Farouk and Bradshaw defeated Michael Hayes and the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff, in the handicap match to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. Two. Woo. Oh, two, yes. Uh, D'Lo Brown defeated Midian to win the WWF European Championship. Three. The Big Boss Man defeated Al Snow to win the WWF Hardcore Championship. Four. Rodong and X-Pac defeated Mr. Ass in China for the rights to the D-Generation X name. Triple H would defeat the Rock in an 
in a only a pin will win the strap match to become the number one contender for the WWF championship. Uh, it's kind of stupid to have the pin with a strap match, but hey, whatever. And rounded out, Steve Austin defeated The Undertaker in a first blood match to retain the WWF championship. And due to pre-match stipulations, Vince McMahon could never appear on WWF programming ever again. Except, of course, he did two months later. And multiple times since, clearly. Oh, of course, many times. As he just recently walked back, welcomed back fans uh, to yes. live arenas and went, where the hell have you been? <laughs> 13 years ago, Diamond Dallas Page and rapper mogul Jay-Z came to a settlement in a lawsuit stemming from Jay-Z's use of the diamond cutter hand signal. Uh, Page accepted an undisclosed amount of money in exchange for Page dropping the suit. How you can sue over a hand signal is beyond me. Well, you know, if he's got a trademarked in some way, unfortunately. Right. Ten years ago on Raw from Hamil Hampton, Virginia, Rey Mysterio defeated The Miz in a tournament final to win the CM Punk vacated WWE Championship. Mysterio would only hold on to the title for a few commercial breaks as the main event, John Zena defeated Rey Mysterio for the WWE Championship. Just as Zena celebrated his victory, CM Punk would return eight days later after kayfabe leaving the company. This would set up the rematch of Zena vs. Punk going into SummerSlam as both were deemed the WWE Champion. And as you mentioned before, it, uh, you think it would have been a little better if they just waited just a little bit longer on that. Yeah, eight days was just a little too short. They could have had so much fun with Punk uh, just holding that title hostage going, oh, by the way, remember, I'm the champion, and using social media to their advantage and have fun with it and then constantly mock, in this case, John Cena for having a fake title, in his case, and then finally show up. But eight days was all they were willing to let their... ADHD allow. Yep. Five years ago on Raw from Pittsburgh, former NXT champion Finn Balor makes his WWE main roster debut on his 35th birthday. Balor defeated Cesaro, Kevin Owens, and Rusev in a fatal four-way match. And Sasha Banks defeated Charlotte by submission to win the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Also making her main roster debut was Nia Jax with a quick 80-second win over Britt Baker. Yeah, and WWE, hey. had put that, WWE put that up as a reminder in a way, even though they were supposedly uh, giving a shout-out to Nia Jax, it just conveniently got posted the same day that Britt Baker beat Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship. Hmm. Uh, on that show, uh, from the Raw from Pittsburgh, uh, another debut had James Elworth lose to Braun Strowman quickly, but does earn a cult following and soon would land a full-time contract with the WWE. In the main event, Balor defeated Roman Reigns to earn a WWE Universal Championship at SummerSlam. It's a happy 40th birthday to Fergal DeWitt, a.k.a. Finn Balor, 
Formerly known as Prince DeWitt, he is a former three-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, a six-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion, and just one of four men to win their annual Best of Super Juniors tournament more than once. Before WWE, he uh, also competed for CMLL, NWA UK Hammerlock, New England Championship Wrestling, and Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Uh, he and he also has one of the most spectacular um, entrances in wrestling. Yeah, whether it, it's him as himself, because the music plays so well for him to have the lights go up and his hands go up and the fans uh, go along with it, or when he's uh, going as the demon and uh, doing the uh, face paint and everything uh, that's involved with uh, that, the entrance is always a really spectacular uh, display. It is indeed. Moving on to July 26th. 35 years ago in Greensboro, North Carolina, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes defeated Ric Flair in a steel cage match to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship for his third and final time. 23 years ago, WWF presented Fully Loaded in Your House 98 from Fresno, California. Very young-looking Triple H there. The Rock and Triple H went to a 30-minute time limit draw in best-of-three falls match for the WWF IC belt, with each man winning one fall. Sable would defeat Jacqueline in a, <laughs> in a bikini contest. The decision would be reversed because Sable wasn't actually wearing top, just two black handprints on her tits. Classy. I wonder if Jerry Lawler painted those on her tits. I don't think he actually knew about them. Because uh, that's what a true surprise was. Yeah, it's true. For him. And so he had an honest reaction as we're seeing <laughs> constantly in the screen. And you know, those are well done. You can't see her nipples or anything. Fantastic. 22 years. Oh, actually, I probably didn't finish the fact that no, there wasn't an event after all that. <laughs> The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Kane and Mankind to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. Bet your Brock Lesnar doesn't like that clip. <laughs> Probably not. And um, actually, I've been mean to go uh, back and listen to it, but uh, there's a podcast that's part of the uh, Johnners Podcast Network. I believe it's called In My House uh, Podcast. They just recently had Mark Marrow on uh, the show and uh, he I guess gets talked about uh, his ex-wife Sable uh, Rena Marrow and uh, how it might not have been the best idea to have her there but you know she went to the interview with him to be brought into uh, WWE and as uh, Bruce Pritchard has said numerous times on his podcast Vince McMahon loved Johnny B. Bad. But he couldn't get Johnny B. Bad when he was hiring him. And then when they uh, left the interview, Vince uh, was happy. But then he was nudging Bruce going, you see what I see? And it was all about the charisma and beauty that Rena brought with her to the uh, meeting. And so they were strapping the rocket onto her. And injuries from marrow didn't help things, and she just got bigger and bigger, and her star outshone his, and the rest is history. Poor Johnny B. Bad. 
22 years ago at a Raw's taping in Ohio, D'Lo Brown defeated Jeff Jarrett in a title-for-title title match to win the WWF IC belt and retain the WWF European Championship. You can't see it, but he's a bob in his head. 18 years ago in Dover, Delaware, Nick Mondo defeated Ian Rotten in a 200... Yikes, that fall is fantastic. I'm just watching it here and splat. Uh, Ian Rotten in a 200 light tubes match to win the CZW's Tournament of Depth 2. Mondo would suffer a serious cut on his back in the semifinal match when John Zandig de delivered his mother effing bomb from the roof of a building onto a light tube log cabin in a stack of tables. His win was the final match for Mondo as he would retire from the ring at 23 years old. He would... Uh, he would be one of two men to go into the ZZW inaugural Hall of Fame. Mondo real name Matt Burns would become a filmmaker, actor, and stuntman. He currently is signed to AEW as a director. That's a, just a crazy fall. It is, and that, um, that uh, geez, what's his name there? John Zandig, he's a crazy bastard that, that does that too. That's his one of his big moves, and he's done that onto everything you can imagine, to a car, to, um, of course, the, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was alligators or fish or whatever, when they did the, Japan loves to do the um, aquarium matches where there's something in an aquarium in the middle, but yeah, yikes. Insane. But hey, you know what? They found a way to become famous, even though it hurt, but uh, there you go. 18 years ago, Pro Wrestling Gorilla was born in California. Created by Southern California wrestlers who would run PWG themselves, include Disco Machine, Excalibur, Scott Lost, Joey Ryan, Super Dragon, and Top Gun Tower. PWG Signature Annual Week-Long Event Battle of Los Angeles Tournament uh, uh, would take place usually around Labor Day weekend. And now you got Excalibur working for AEW on commentary with Jim Ross and uh, Tony Schiavone and Joey Ryan, where nobody wants to work with him. Yep. And um, who knows about again, And again, Excalibur, I, I, he's one of my favorite um, commentators, least of this generation. Uh, let's see, where are we? Here we go with Raw, 17 years ago from Pittsburgh. Chris Benoit defeated Triple H 4-3 in a 60-minute Ironman match to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. The only other match on Raw would have Randy Orton last eliminate Chris Jericho to win a 20-man battle royal for a World Heavyweight Championship match at SummerSlam. 12 years ago, WWE presented Night of Champions from Philly. Christian defeated Tommy Dreamer to win the ECW Championship. Randy Orton defeated Triple H and John Cena in a triple threat match to retain the WWE Championship. Mickey James defeated Maurice to win the WWE Divas Championship. And Jeff Hardy defeated Sam Punk to win the World Heavyweight Championship. And it's a happy 39th birthday to, sorry. No, I was just saying good list of matches there. Oh, yes, yes, yes it was. It's a happy 39th birthday to Chris Lindsay, a.k.a. Roddick Strong. He's the three-time Triple Crown champ in RH, a former world champ for Full Impact 
Pro Wrestling and PWG. Though he works for several independent organizations, he's most noted for his time in Ring of Honor, where he is just one of three Triple Crown champions in company history, or at least at the time. I'm not sure about now. That was about four or five years ago, that info. Uh, the others are Eddie Edwards and Jay Lethal. He's also won world championships from Full Impact Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Strong would also be a member of the Undisputed Era from 2018 to 2021 in NXT. Yeah, now he's the leader of Diamond Mine, along with Malcolm Bivens as their uh, manager and a few other uh, members. They have a coach and uh, Tyler Rust uh, as a uh, rookie type-ish uh, competitor. It's almost like a uh, athletic group of uh, stars going after the uh, cruiserweight division and uh, uh, Kushida and Bobby Fish. Oh, happy 65th birthday to Thomas Richardson, AKA Tommy Rich. Best known for wrestling in Georgia and Memphis. He would also wrestle for AWA, WCW and EZW. In April of 81, he would briefly hold the NWA world belt when he defeated Harley Race. July 27, 23 years ago, WWF tapes the premiere episode of Sunday Night Heat from Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim, California. The one-hour show uh, would serve as a build-up to the next Raw is War. Uh, uh, it would air five days later. I'm, I'm kind of getting messed up here. Anyways, what was originally a six-episode lead-up to SummerSlam 98 would turn into a regular weekly show live every uh, other week and live on pay-per-view nights. Heat would run for about 10 years. And that's where I got mixed up, that the one-hour show was originally a build-up for the Raw's War, and they had um, only six episodes they were going to do the lead-up to SummerSlam, and it did well, so they continued. 21 years ago, former NWA WCW ring announcer Francis Gennard Labac, better known as Gordon Sully, passed away. He was 71. Oh, yeah, a lot of people consider him, uh, before JR, was the greatest commentator. And now I think JR might have uh, leapfrogged uh, Sully, uh, depending on people's recollection and uh, legions to uh, wrestling and when they uh, first started. Uh, I know uh, JR talks about him being a big fan of uh, Soli and was honored to be working with him. But then at times he actually had to babysit uh, Soli because unfortunately he had uh, some demons with the bottle. And there was uh, times when they were commentating together that in between matches they were mixing screwdrivers and uh, he was downing them and then uh, carrying on with commentary. Fantastic. You know, you can... You can do, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, juggle other things that you're doing. That's uh, that's great. It's great. You have a bag of uh, supplies underneath the commentating table. Yep. That's real wrestling to me. The commentators are drunk. Uh, I, I like Gordon Sully. His voice, though, I always thought it, it belonged in, in Major League Baseball. Very raspy. And uh, he also had a way of uh, telling a story. That yes, could have. It been, sounded legit coming from him. Yeah, and he could uh, also have done radio when they first were thinking about radio WF and stuff like that. 
mm-hmm. though some of his descriptions of uh, the different uh, moves, uh, calling a suplex a suplex and stuff like that, was definitely unique compared to other commentators as well. Suplex! Moving on, 20 years ago, wrestler Ronda Singh, unfortunately known as Bertha Faye in the WWF, but was also known as Ronda Singh and Monster Ripper internationally. She would die of a heart attack in her hometown of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. She was just 40 years old. 19 years ago in Philly, Loki defeated Spanky, Christopher Daniels, and Doug Williams in a four-way 60-minute Iron Man match to become the first Ring of Honor champion. Uh, this was a point-scoring match. The wrestler with the highest score was the winner. And I'm not going through the scoring on this. God, make it too gosh darn complicated. Yeah, that would be a little confusing. And it's <laughs> unfortunate that uh, as great of a talent that Loki is, he is his own worst enemy and thinks he's better than the business as opposed to being a part of the machine in a way, and he's basically alienated himself a lot. He won season two of NXT when it was a competition, uh, much like Tough Enough, but yeah, uh, even at that time, his ego was too big to uh, acknowledge the fact that his mentors were like cool. Hmm. So, 18 years, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. I think you cut out there for me for a bit. No, go ahead. All right. 18 years ago, WWE presented Vengeance from the Pepsi Center in Denver. This was the first SmackDown-only pay-per-view since the roster split of the previous year. The show featured the crowning of the first WWE United States champion. This belt would follow the lineage of the NWA and WCW belt and is not to be confused with the old WWF United States Heavyweight Championship belt from 63 to 76. Eddie Guerrero defeated Chris Benoit in a tournament final to win the WWE United States Championship. Bradshaw won an APA Invitational Barroom Brawl by being the last man standing. And Vince McMahon defeated Zach Gowan. And, of course, the main event, Kurt Angle defeated the Big Show and Brock Lesnar in a triple threat match to win the WWE Championship. I'm not sure how uh, Bradshaw can, he shouldn't have been able to win his own APA Invitational Ballroom Brawl. I'm sorry. Well, they had their bar set up and uh, the APA was there. They had uh, Brother Love showed up, uh, Bunny showed up, and a whole bunch of other uh uh, different things. I think even a doink showed up. Hey, doink! They damn just, those doinks. They just ended up beating the piss out of everybody, and Bradshaw was the last man standing. Seventeen years ago, at a SmackDown taping in Cincinnati, Ohio, Spike Dudley defeated Rey Mysterio to win the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. The main event saw the new GM of SmackDown, Teddy Long, serve up his first act as GM. Booker T would last defeat Rob Van Dam in an eight-man elimination match to win the WWE United States Championship. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, player. You mean his first act was not creating a tag team match? 
I have no idea. You're you're the you're the law around here as far as if I got my facts right. <laughs> Normally his matches are all about doing tag teams, player, but this clearly uh, isn't. No, no, it wasn't. Eleven years ago at an impact taping, Hamada and Taylor Wilde defeated the beautiful people, Lacey Vaughn Eric and Velvet Sky, to win the TNA Knockouts Tag Team Championship. <clears throat> Six years ago on Raw from Oklahoma City, John Zena had his nose broken by a rolling knee kick by Zena, uh, defeated uh, Seth Rollins by submission to retain the WWE United States Championship. Look oh, sorry, that, I didn't. I didn't say that right. I, I checked myself. John Zena had his nose broken by a rolling knee, but Zena, not by Zena. Yeah, Cena would get emergency fun. nose job a few days later and miss some house show dates. He returned uh, the Friday before SummerSlam at a house show in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And now, Sean, you can talk, and I won't roll over you. Yeah, no problem. I'm just uh, pointing out the uh, <laughs> splatter of a nose all over yep. Cena's face. July 28th, 34 years ago in Trinidad and Tobago, Wendy Richter defeated Monster Ripper to win the WWC Women's Championship. 26 years ago, Eddie Guerrero defeated Dean Malenko to regain the ECW World Television Championship. This show was also the debut of the Steiner Brothers in ECW as they would defeat the Dudley, uh, the Dudley Dudley, and the Vampire Warrior. 24 years ago on Nitro, uh, Alex Wright defeated Chris Jericho to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. 18 years ago on Raw from Carol, Car Car oh my, um, Car 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 say that one for me. Colorado. Colorado, Springs. Jesus. My brain didn't want to do that one. From Colorado Springs, Molly Holly defeated Gail Kim to win the WWE Women's Championship. 17 years ago at an NWA TNA Weekly pay-per-view taping, Michael Shane and Frankie Kazarian defeated AJ Styles in an Ultimate X match to co-win the TNA X Division Championship. And Michael Shane is actually, I guess, a nephew or somehow related to Shawn Michaels. Hmm. Nito. 14 years ago, Carl Itza, a.k.a. Carl Gotch, passes away from natural causes in Tampa, Florida. He was 82. In Japan, Gotch was given the name God of Wrestling, as he is credited for influencing the Japanese strong style. Gotch was twice New Japan Pro Wrestling's real world champion and a WWF tag team champion with Rene Goulet in 1971. After retiring from uh, wrestling in 82, he would book for New Japan and train future legends like Hiriro Matasuda, Satura Samayama, who was the original Tiger Mask, and Yoshihaki Fujiwara. Nice. All right. 13 years ago, Stephanie McMahon and Triple H welcomed through the curtain of life their second child being Murphy. Like I said, hard to find pictures of their family, so I just put up Stephanie. Yeah, and we don't need to see what their kids look like. What a happy couple! I'm sure they're lovely looking as we've seen before. 
13 years ago, WWE presented the 36th and final episode of Saturday Night's Main Event from Washington, D.C. This show started back in 85 on NBC as an occasional replacement for Saturday Night Live. It would have a reboot of sorts when NBC gained um, TV rights to WWE programming in 2006. This last edition would only receive a 0.7 viewer rating, and the last two scheduled spots were replaced with a WrestleMania recap show and a one-hour tribute to the troops. On the last Saturday night's main event, uh, officially, uh, or somewhat officially, JBL uh, Kane and Legacy uh, defeated John Cena, Batista, and Crime Time. The Great Kelly defeated Jimmy Wang Yang in just 90 seconds, and Edge defeated Hardy. Jeff Hardy, that is. Also taped that night was uh, Monday Night Raw. Micah DeMel was named the new GM of Raw and announced the SummerSlam main event of Xena versus Batista. And, of course, there he is doing his great introduction, I believe, of some guy named Matt Harvey. Or was it Jeff Harvey? Harvey. Jeff Harvey. Sorry? Yeah, Jeff Harvey. It was so much easier to put him into a GM role than having him pop up out of nowhere and try and ad-lib interviews and introduce the Harvey uh, family. Uh, Poor guy. Hey, and he's made it to the big time. Good for him. Eight years ago, Hulk Hogan and Linda Hogan, a.k.a. Terry and Linda Bolia, announced via um, their attorneys that they have settled their divorce case. Later in time, we would find out some details about this um, uh, divorce case. Linda received 70% of the couple's liquid assets, plus 40% of any company Hogan owned. Uh, that translated to $7.4 million for Linda and only two point seven for Hogan. However, Hogan did not have to pay alimony and soon got some gawker money. 11 years ago at a SmackDown taping in Texas, Dolph Ziggler defeated Kofi Kingston to win the WWE IC belt. It's a happy 58th birthday to Tomako Tomako, Kitamura, yikes, a.k.a. the legendary lioness, Asuka. Um, of course, uh, Kenato Ayori would adopt this legend name of Asuka. So this is the original Asuka. It's the original Asuka, Lioness Asuka, as opposed to Asuka, who we see in WD Raw and just recently in the uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. This was uh, during the uh, bathing suit years. And going finally on July 29th here, running it down 44 years ago in Richmond, Virginia, Ric Flair defeated Bobo Brazil to win the NWA United States Championship. 25 years ago, WCW Nitro from Disney MGM Studios in Orlando, Florida. One of the fun episodes. This show would be remembered for the chaos caused by National Hall in the backstage area. Highlighting the ca- uh, the chaos was Nash launching Mysterio into a production truck like a dart. And Jimmy Hart pleading with Lex Luger to come help. All this started during a match up of Sting, Savage, and Luger versus the Four Horsemen. It was all topped off with Savage leaping on top of the limo with the NWO in it as it took off. Residents nearby even called local police when they heard all the ruckus. Yeah, I think this was just eight days after uh, the NWO was uh, officially formed. Um, 
if you listen to 83 weeks uh, with Eric Bischoff, uh, the last couple of weeks they've just been uh, doing, because it's the 25th anniversary of uh, the birth of the NWO, they've been uh, looking at the, how it became uh, what it was. They did the Bash at the Beach. Uh, then the next episode was the Nitro afterwards. And I think either last week's episode of uh, 83 Weeks was talking about this episode when uh, the, everything went chaotic at Disney and people, as you said, were calling police thinking that riots were happening at the Disney studios. Fantastic. And I, I like to recommend that when Rey Mysterio does go into the WWE Hall of Fame, that Nash is the one to introduct him. Moving on, 20 years ago, Dennis Caralazuzo, uh Sr., who was a wrestling promoter for NWA New Jersey and former president and board member of the NWA, died of a stroke in Woodbury, New Jersey. He was actually only 48. 19 years ago on Raw from Greensboro, North Carolina, Chris Benoit defeated Rob Van Dam to win the WWE IC belt. Their hardcore belt would change three times as Hardy defeated Bradshaw, who then loses it to Johnny Stamboli, who then loses it to Tommy Dreamer. And The Rock defeated Ric Flair in their only known match together. Six years ago at an Impact uh, taping, the Wolves, Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards, defeated Brian Myers and Trevor Lee to win the TNA World uh, Tag Team Championship. Gil Kim defeated Awesome Kong, Brooke Tassmacher, and Lead Tappa in a four-way match to win the TNA Knockouts Championship. And a winner-take-all lethal lockdown match would give full control to Dixie Carter as Team TNA defeated Team Global Force Wrestling, ending the brief TNA-GFW invasion angle, which lasted about two and a half months. Yeah, and then somehow uh, TNA magically lost the footage that was uh, obtained of GWF, and Jeff Jarrett tried to get it back, and... Yeah, it's very crazy how Jeff Jarrett uh, came and went from his own company uh, that he founded of TNA and then got excommunicated and then brought back with GWF and partnered up and now gone again. And Anthem has it and he's working for Vince after Vince almost vowing that Jarrett would never work for him. Crazy life of Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. No, which Vince said he wouldn't work with him again. Vince McMahon. <gasps> he got fired on the uh, final Nitro without even being employed. Oh, yes. But that was that was many years ago. Because of the uh, walkout that Jeff Jarrett did. Oh, yes. Uh, with uh, the whole uh, holding him up for money, uh, which he did uh, clarify on one of his podcasts, My World. Uh, he's uh, Tuesdays, I believe, with uh, Conrad Thompson. Uh, but th and this recent one is when he walked out uh, with Road Dog after his uh, match on uh, In Your House Number Two. So hmm. Jeff Jarrett has a history of leaving people high and dry, unfortunately. Uh, but we're starting to find out what the behind-the-scenes stuff actually yeah. was uh, through his podcast. But yeah, just kind of crazy how he started a company. 
and then left it and came back and got screwed over. And yeah, poor guy. Yep, poor fellow. And we got two more birthdays. It's a happy 59th birthday to Scott Carl Rechsteiner. Uh, Rechsteiner? How do you say their last name? Rechsteiner? Rechsteiner. That's All right. the reason why his brother became Rick Steiner. Aha. Uh -huh. I see. Of course, we all know him as Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. Steiner shared his birthday with Louis Albano, or simply Captain Lou Albano, Super Mario himself. Uh, one hell of a great uh, personality. Uh, he would have been 88 years old today. Do -do 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 -do. And that is it for this week in wrestling history. Of course, it's compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, CatesideSeats.com, and most importantly, from fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. And a big thank you to our sponsor, CoolBet, CoolBet.com, and sportsbook betting in casino games. Stay cool and bet responsibly. Excellent. So thank you very much for taking us down that memory lane through the rich history of our great sport as uh, Tony Giovanni uh, always calls it. And, uh, yeah, uh, you got a big weekend uh, going on here in, in London and calling all the people from southwestern Ontario to head on down this way. You want to give a little highlight of what's going on? Well, it's um, uh, Rip Fest, of course, is returning. Uh, of course, we all know COVID uh, destroyed all the festivals last year. But uh, some of the festivals are slowly starting, and London Ribfest will be one of the first to uh, at least kick it off in the um, London region as uh, we're going to take over 25% of Victoria Park. Uh, we're going to be on the road, 10 rivers. Uh, right now, we're at 2,000 people allowed in there at a time, uh, and that may increase. Who knows? Um, it should be fun. Going to see a lot of people I haven't seen in a while, and... Um, who knows what 2022 uh, will hold for Leonard Ribfest. All I know is I will be definitely uh, nudging the owner to uh, perhaps get wrestling into the show as um, he's for it, but getting it in Victoria Park is another story. Exactly. Uh, as it uh, says here on your screen, live music, five uh, festival days, Ribfest is on, Victoria Park, downtown London, the party... It's the place to be, time to be there, Thursday, July 29th, until Monday, August 2nd. And I believe uh, most nights is until 11 p.m., except for on the Monday is 9 p.m. And so you can always uh, head down to Victoria yep. Park. 8 9 p.m., uh, but if you want your full selection of ribs and all that, be there by 5 or 6. Uh, after that, you'll still be able to get some ribs, but you may start to be having to pick from only a few. Uh, of course, there's going to be music all five days. You can come down, listen to it. You don't even have to spend anything if you don't want to. Come down, sit outside the gates, and listen to some great music. Excellent. So thank you, and I hope you have a very successful weekend. I hope to uh, be there uh, a couple of those uh, evenings, Thursday and Monday, uh, potentially. And, uh, yeah, yeah, get some ribs, enjoy some great uh, atmosphere. Hopefully the weather is great. And just say another heads up for our, uh, giving a shout-out to our friends, uh, Jake over at Heatwave uh, Hot Sauce Expo Summer Market 
happening August 28th and 29th, 2021, Budweiser Gardens. There's going to be entertainment. There's going to be food. There's going to be hot sauce. You name it, it's happening. Check out Heatwave Hot Sauce Expo for more details. Uh, we want to give shout-outs to any of our friends uh, and uh, people locally and support them, uh, especially during this time of reopening. So whether it's wrestling-related or not, we want to be a local source for people uh, to uh, be reached out to and help uh, promote as much as we can and get things started. So it's free support charge. your local festivals, your local wrestling. Um, a lot of these things aren't um, normally supported by the government. So it's people like you that come out and support that uh, make it um, really special. Exactly. And uh, as things open up more, uh, as long as we're staying safe and numbers keep on down and people are vaccinated, we're going to get more festivals. We're going to get more wrestling events, local, independent wrestling. It's going to be a great time. It's a long time coming, 15, 16 months, whatever it's been. Uh, so get out there, do what you need to do, and let's get this uh, going and support people. So thank you, uh, Jonesy. We will talk to you later. Have a good one. Toodle.